God, I just pray that uh, tonight you would just teach us more about your word and uh, just draw us close to you. God, that's all I ask. And uh, you would just open eyes tonight to what you would have us to do uh, in this particular area of life. God, it's a, it's a big area. And I pray that you would just open our eyes and help us to see what you would have us to do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So, some of y'all are aware of uh, this thing. I, uh, I just got it. It's called Facebook. Can I get an amen? amen? I have no idea how I survived without it for so long. I mean, it's been, I mean, it's been like a week, and I'm just like, man, this is awesome. Not really. I don't really think that about it. It's really not that cool. But um, I was thinking about it. Uh, how many, does everybody have a Facebook in here? FB, what y'all call it? Does everybody, Will, don't, Will, don't, don't sit there like you don't have a Facebook now, all right? I see you on there. I, I see your post. So is it just me or does anybody else think it's weird that everybody else in the world thinks it's normal that you have a page about yourself? Is that not weird to you guys? No? Maybe not to you kids. Any adults? Can I get it? Y'all feel? No? Y'all may have a Facebook. I don't know. I just thought it was weird that we all have a, a page about ourselves, and we all take the best pictures of ourselves and put it on there. You know? Like, I look way better on Facebook than I do in person. It is ridiculous. And, like, my achievements, like, you can put it on there, like, went to Jacksonville State University, it has this job. It looks so much better on Facebook. And you can like, you can even like post stuff about other people and you just make sure like your relationship is perfect. Like there's no flaw in it whatsoever. Like y'all have never gotten into an argument in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just cool. And you can even react to this stuff now. I mean, it's weird. Uh, but um, I was just noticing something about it. I was scrolling through stuff like, you know, like Instagram and Facebook and stuff. I've had an Instagram for a while. I just never really got on it. But um, there's, there's these things um, that people will post stuff about their relationships. I kind of noticed this uh, pattern, though, with young people. They'll, I'm a young person, but you see what I'm saying, all my peers. Um, there's this little pattern that goes on where, like, they'll, they'll post something with this, with this girl or guy. And be like, bae, kissy face. You know what I'm saying? No? Okay. Y'all young people, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all need to get in the loop here. Y'all know who bae is, right? I'm looking at you young people. Give me a head shake. Give me a nod. Or, Good gosh, this is, all, this is all for you guys, not for adults. Adults, y'all know who bae is? All right. Just Okay. We're, we're on track now. So we all, we all know who bae is. And then... Then, all of a sudden, we get a new babe, right? That old picture gets deleted. It's like, whoa, I thought they had bait, and then you scroll through, and you're like, they must have deleted it. They got a new bait. They got in an argument, and all of a sudden, this guy or girl is the best thing that has ever happened to them. They're the most beautiful thing they've ever set their eyes on, and he's got an awesome car. Like, he has got the coolest car. I love to ride in the car with him. He's 16, by the way. 
You know, he can drive without mom. He can drive a bay now. Even though his curfew is 830. He, you know what I'm saying? We got any 16-year-olds in here? December what? Oh, whatever. You're not cool. Just because your birthday is in 17th, not the 4th. Anyways, all right, so if y'all haven't noticed, we're talking about dating, and uh, I just thought it was cool. I love, I love Facebook. I love to make fun of it because it's really cool. But anyways, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Proverbs chapter 31. If you don't, that's cool. It's going to be on the screen. So tonight, it's, it's really going to be really hard to wrap up, like, everything there is to know about dating into, like, 25 minutes. It's super difficult, and it's a huge struggle. But if you saw the papers out there, like, right when you walk in, it's like a table. 100% of y'all missed it because there's only two of them missing. So, uh, and that's who I told to go get it, you know. But if y'all, if y'all just want to know a little bit more about dating or more about what God says about dating or your future husband, future wife, whatever, there's little papers out there that you can get. And I'm bringing more next week because there's only 13 left. Okay, so anyways, we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 31. And this is going to start off with who girls should aim to be and who guys should aim to marry. So, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to tell it like it is. And if y'all don't like it, that's cool. I, I don't know if we're friends or not, but if y'all don't want to be my friend at the end of it, that's cool too, because I didn't say it. Dang. Y'all, all, y'all never laugh. Anyways, starting in verse 10, says, Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn, dawn hedgebath, to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable and her lamps burn late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, yet for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with other civic leaders. She makes a belted linen garments and sashes to sell the merchants, to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. So what I'm just going to do, I'm just going to go through and say what she is, and then I'm going to say what she is not. And then we're going to move to the guys. Okay? So what is she? First off, she's very rare. There are not very many of these virtuous women. The Bible says she's like rubies. This girl, this woman, is a treasure. 
She has very high standards, and she doesn't lower them for anyone. Who can find one? Hardly anybody. She's like a treasure. But she's worthy to be waited for. It's like it's worth it to wait for her. But there aren't very many of them. And also lets us know that this woman who is worth waiting for and is very rare is from the Lord. It's not from the world. A world cannot produce this kind of woman. The world cannot fathom what kind of woman this is. And the woman of the world can't drift into something this awesome. Can't just drift into being a beautiful ruby. So then it goes on to say that she is very diligent in her household. She does things like makes her children clothes. She makes her own clothes. She makes her bedspreads. She goes afar. She, she goes far off. She goes out of her way to make sure that her household has food. She serves everybody else first, including her maids, the people that are supposed to serve her. She gets up before the sun does, and her lamp burns late into the night. She's a very diligent woman. She's not selfish. She doesn't ever think about herself. She's constantly focused on her family. And not only her family, she gives money to the poor. She gives freely to the poor. And she stretches her arms out to the needy. Whoever needs her, she's going to be there. Now, what is this woman not? She's not lazy. She doesn't sit around and wait for people to serve her. She initiates the serving. And because of this, she is honored and she is praised by her family, saying there are many women out there, but you surpass them all. She's not lazy. And this will not sting a little. I don't know if it will or not. You may not think this about yourself, but she's not a diva. She's very diligent in working, but she's also diligent with her money. When she sees that she can benefit her family and still do it honestly, she's going to do it. She's going to spend her money wisely, not blow it. She's not a diva. She's not high maintenance. Whatever it takes is what she's going to do. For some reason, I see a lot on Facebook as well as everywhere else. For some reason, um, this society kind of praises the diva, the woman who only wants things for herself they praise the, the woman who has married a rich husband but is constantly in turmoil in her heart. It's because she drives a nice car or has a nice house. 
Or maybe she's a diva, but on social media, she looks like her family is perfect, and we envy that. Don't envy such a person. This woman they were talking about here, there's a reason why she is who she is. You see, she's not concerned with her outward beauty. Why? Because everybody beautiful is going to get ugly one of these days. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get wrinkles. I hate to tell you, all you teenagers, it, it's coming. I'm 21. I got a bad back. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, it's, it's terrible. I mean, getting old is quick. I have a patch of gray hair. None of y'all, I mean, none of y'all can see it because I have a hat on. But there, there's silver in there somewhere, and it reflects in the light. Y'all be able to see it one day. Maybe I'll be gray when I'm 25. I will not have wrinkles. I'm putting on the cream before I get that. You know? <laughs> the woman may not be concerned about her beauty, but I am. So, anyways, there's a, there's a reason why she is the way she is. It's because she knows that charm and being flirtatious is deceptive. Those things are only temporary. Those things only fill your insecurity for just a little while. They make you feel wanted just for a little while. But then you have to have it again. It lies to you. It overpromises and underdelivers, just like every other sin. See, charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last. She's not concerned with those things. Why is she the way she is? Because she fears the Lord. Girls, listen to me. Be this woman. Strive to be this woman. And if, you're, if you are this woman and you're 13, that is ridiculous. We're, you're not expected to be this person at 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. But you got to aim to be this person. Aim to be this woman. And guys, aim and seek after this woman. She's a treasure. For some reason, guys can be junk collectors, meaning all they do is just see how many girls they can get. It's almost as if it's a, it's a trophy to say how many girls you've been with or how many girls you got texting you at the moment or week to week or day to day, which one you can choose from. It's almost as if it's a game. And guys talk about it like they're proud of it. Guys, don't be a junk collector. Wait on this treasure. Seek after this treasure. It's worth having. And girls don't have low standards. Don't be willing to go with any guy who gives you any bit of attention. It's not worth it. It's really not. Being this woman is worth it. So now we're going to move on to the guys. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 5.
So I'm going to read and we're going to talk about it just like we did the last one. Starting in verse 25, it says, For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave, him, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she would be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. So guys, what should you do? You should be this man. You should love your wife like Christ loved the church. How did he love the church, though? How did he show love for his church, for his own body? Show love for his creation. Just to give you a little bit of what he did. He came down as a man. God himself came down as a man named Jesus. And he lived 30 years spotless, perfect, never made a mistake, never did anything wrong, never talked to, talked to somebody in the wrong way, always willing to help, sacrificing himself every single day, learning as much as he can. And when he turned 30, he had just got through telling these people about God's love for them. He had just got through telling his disciples what God's love truly is. And he said to himself, I've done my job. They know what God's love is now because I told them what God's love is. And so now I'm about to have to go to the cross. And he realized it was coming, that he was in the garden, and he was praying because he didn't want to do it, because he was, he was nervous about it, so, much, so nervous that he was basically bleeding sweat, sweating blood. And then one of his disciples, the one that he just got through sharing God's love with, he comes, and Jesus, instead of, instead of Jesus running away, Jesus walks towards him. And he said, who are you looking for? So we're looking for a man named Jesus. And, and, and Judas comes up and he, and he kisses him on his cheek to indicate that's who it really was. And they bow down. For some reason, they bow down. And, and then they asked him again, said, you know, who are you? He's like, I'm the person you're looking for. I'm Jesus. And so then Peter he, he's a little hothead. He, he comes over and he just chops the dude's ear off with his sword. And instead of fighting back, Jesus, knowing what he's supposed to be doing, tells him to stop and puts the dude's ear back on for him. And he walks away. He, he lets them chain him up. He basically offers up himself and says, I'm yours. You can take me. You can do whatever you want. And so then he goes before this, uh, this council. He was on trial, basically. And Pilate, 
the guy who's doing the trial says, are you the king of the Jews? He's like, well, you said it. And so then he goes back to the crowd and was like, I don't know why you're giving me this man. He's not guilty. And they were like, well, I wouldn't have brought him to you if he hadn't done nothing wrong. But they still didn't say what he had done wrong. So he goes back and he says, says, are you the king of the Jews? And he says, yes, basically. He says, you say that I am. He wasn't denying it. And so they go back out, and Pilate says, okay, so we have this little thing where we can, we can offer up a prisoner, and, you know, he could be free. Whichever one y'all want, he could be free. And said, you want Jesus or you want this guy named Barabbas? And they screamed out, Barabbas. We want Barabbas to come, but we want Jesus to die. And so what does Pilate do? He goes back in, and he says, he just starts talking to him. He's like, Jesus, you got to understand, I have the power to, to either let you die or I have the power to either let you live. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I have the power to lay my own life down. And I have the power to raise it back up again. You have no power over me. I'm laying my life down right now. And so he delivers them over and the first thing to do is they bend him over this somewhat of a stool. If you can just picture a stool and you're laying over it with your stomach. And they take a whip that's got lead pieces on the end of it. And they start beating him. They take a cat of nine tails, which is basically a bunch of leather straps with like shards of bones and other things. And it starts, they just start beating him. So much so where he's not even recognizable by his own mom. And then he has to carry his own cross up that hill by himself. Someone comes up and helps him later. But he's carrying the thing that's going to put him to death. And so he dies. That's what our relationships are supposed to portray. If everything in our life is supposed to glorify God, if we're supposed to work and glorify God in our work, if we're supposed to, to do everything for God's glory like we talk about all the time, why not dating? And you say, well, I, I know some of you think are thinking, the teenagers, it's like, well, I'm not even thinking about that right now. Like, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dating, you know, I, I don't want to marry somebody. I'm not even thinking about marriage right now. I'm not thinking about who my future wife is or how many kids I'm going to have. I mean, I'm, I'm young, right? I don't have to think about those things. Well, my question for you is, why are you dating? There's no reason to date someone unless you can see yourself marrying them. So you ask, who to date? I, was, I want to tell you who to date. I'm going to give you some names. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. I wish I could. That would be really cool. And then none of us would have to stress about it ever. But so who to date? Me and my fiance Kylie, heard this the same night, and it was what 
brought us to each other, I guess, because we heard it and we took it to heart and we wanted to live by it. We were a senior, in, we were seniors in high school, and we were listening to a message on dating. And he asked, "Who should you date? Do you want to know who you should date?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I want to know." And he was like, "So you picture your life, and you're running towards sin." But all of a sudden, you hear the gospel, and, and you believe, and you say, God, I want to follow you. Jesus, I, I, I want to be your follower. I want to be your disciple, and I want to live for you, Jesus. So you turn from that lifestyle. You turn from your sin, from yourself, and you turn toward God. And instead of running towards sin, you're running towards God. And he said, you don't know who to date? While you're running towards God, look to your left and to your right and see who's running with you. So you want to know who to date? Look to your left and to your right when you're running toward Jesus and see who's running with you. That's who you should date. And this person, if they're not running towards Jesus, you shouldn't date them. That should be question number one. And I'm not saying do they go to church. I'm saying do they follow after Jesus? I'm saying they may not be an Ephesians 5 man or a Proverbs 31 woman at this moment, but what does their life portray? What, what is the end product? What, what they look like now should have evidence of Christ working in their life, fruits of God just, just pouring out of them. And they may not be the Proverbs 31 woman now or the Ephesians 5 man, who is willing to sacrifice everything. When I started dating Kylie, I was not. I was definitely not. I'm still not the Ephesians 5 man. I was single for two years before I started dating Kylie. I had no idea what it meant to not be selfish when it comes to a relationship. I had no idea. So if you're clueless, it's okay. We have a book. It's a guideline. But that should be question number one. And you should look at the projection of their life and look and see where they're headed. And if it's not towards Jesus, then I wouldn't do it. And if you're not a Christian and you're wondering who you should date, because I did not mention those. You remember I said that this is who God should aim to marry and this is who girls should aim to marry. But the part about this is who you should aim to be. A relationship has no, perfect, no purpose outside of Christ. Why? Because God designed it. The most fulfilling relationship you'll ever be in other than your one with Christ is one that is within your relationship with Christ with your husband or your wife. If you have a husband or you have a wife and you do not have Christ, your relationship will never meet its full potential. Your relationship will never meet its purpose. That's because God designed it that way. And I just want to reassure you of one thing. 
God is God wants better for you than you want. And he's the giver of all good gifts. Although we have to be careful not to cherish the gift more than we cherish the giver, that is your husband or your wife, we understand that he's the giver of all good gifts. And if you're his child, he will give you a good gift. So my prayer is, is that you would take these words to heart, whether you're a husband or a wife right now, or whether you're dating and you're looking for that husband or wife. My prayer is that it would glorify God. It would glorify the name of Jesus. Because the picture of a relationship is Christ and his church, the husband and his wife, the sacrifice for the church, for his own body. That's the whole picture. That's the purpose. And that's what we should be after in a relationship is glorifying him. You and your girlfriend or you and your boyfriend or you and your husband or wife should bring more glory to God together than you do apart. You should bring more glory to God together than you do apart. That's the whole purpose of a relationship. So, I want to end right there. And if you just want to come down here and pray about your, your future husband or your future wife, although you don't know who he or she is, come and do that. Come and, come and pray and ask God to help you seek after that in the way that you should. If you're a girl, come down here and ask God to help you be that Proverbs 31 woman, the one who fears and loves the Lord above all else, is not concerned with her beauty on the outside. She's concerned about the inner beauty, the one that matters most. And if you're a man, come down here and pray about loving your wife like, the, like Christ loved the church and about how your relationship should glorify Him and how you should lead your wife to Him at all times. Come down here and pray, whatever it is. Because relationships are important because they, they determine they determine a lot of decisions in our life. And it's the most important relationship outside of your relationship with Christ. So I would pray about it. And I'd be very intentional on what I do about it. So I'm going to pray. Father, God, sometimes I, I feel inadequate. I feel like I don't know enough about things to be able to teach your word. But God, your word is so plain, it's so clear. God, there's nothing that I should add to it. Father, I pray that you, would, you have spoken to hearts tonight. And I pray that you would be glorified through every relationship and that's, that's going on in this building right now, that, that they are together now. And, and I pray for future relationships that, that they will have. God, I specifically pray for my kids, my students. That they would uh, they would seek after 
what your word says to be and understand it's the best thing for them. Father, I pray they would fall in love with you above all else and that you would give them a gift like you have given me. God, I'm thankful for how you die on the cross. God, you're, you're so willing to show us what you do on the cross that you even put our relationships in the picture of what you did for us. God, everything you do is so consistent and so pure. God, it's so good that you would go so far to show us that. Lord, I pray that somebody has felt your love tonight. And I pray that someone is drawn closer to you, just one step closer. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.